We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, are you ready for rapid fire? I think it's time we put uh, our anger and saltiness behind and we get into the more fun segment, rapid fire. All right. Sounds good. So college football writer Stuart Mandel tweeted this about the Andy Ludwig situation. Quote, Notre Dame won't pay $2.8 million to buy out a coach. In the SEC, that's called closing costs. What do you think about that one, Jess? I think that's pretty spot on. I don't think that any SEC school or booster would allow this to happen. I think that, uh, like they said, that's that's just a drop in the bucket. That's you know what it's what it takes to, to get your guy in there and to, to you know win the games that they want to win. And, and the SEC – is all about winning, and, and Notre Dame says they're all about winning, but the SEC proves that they're all about winning, and Notre Dame hasn't proven that in a long time, in my opinion. So uh, I, I couldn't agree more. It's the hard reality of the situation. I think it's the, what no one wants to hear, but, again, it, it's the hard reality. That's exactly right. There's that line in the movie Moneyball, you know, that Brad Pitt as Billy Bean has if we try to win like the Yankees in here, we will lose to the Yankees out there. And Notre Dame shouldn't have to take on the role of some small market underdog team with no resources that has to come up with a way, you know, to fight the inequities of of market and fairness and, and all these different things. If Notre Dame wants to legitimately compete for and win national championships, has to play the game the way Alabama, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the college football world, are playing the game. Money shouldn't be an excuse, especially when we're talking about, again, a drop in the bucket for Notre Dame for a buyout like this. Now, is this more than probably your typical coordinator buyout? Probably. But if, you know, if they wanted, Notre Dame, again, could have picked up the phone and found 100 people who would each pay that kind of money to pay this buyout if they really wanted to get it done. And, you know, Notre Dame was allegedly willing to up its ante to keep Tommy Reese around, to keep him from going to Alabama. And, you know, Alabama was willing to pay Notre Dame's buyout to get Reese. So, you know, Notre Dame is not Illinois or Purdue or Washington State or Maryland or, you know, like some run-of-the-mill program, you know, football program specifically is what I'm talking about. It's just an embarrassment that chump change killed Marcus Freeman getting his guy. You know, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, a quick Google search, Notre Dame – is seventh in endowment, $18.5 billion. The only public school ahead of them, or I guess I wouldn't say public school, but non-Ivy League school is Stanford. You know, that's 
Yale, everyone else is up there and, you know, you have the seventh highest endowment and you're not willing to, to put the drop in the bucket. And when you claim that football is your, you know, most prestigious, most credited, most watched, most popular sport, yet you're not following through on it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. With my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com irish. That's athleticgreens.com irish. Check it out. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame failing to pay Andy Ludwig's buyout makes you feel blank about their ability to actually win a national championship. It makes me feel uh, really saddened about their their chances to win a national championship. You know, haven't seen one since 1988. And when when situations like this come up, um, and you have a young head coach on the cheap right now, and you know you just have to endure this kind of for one season, um, and, and you're really you know with the playoff expansion, and, and you you're making your move uh, to to make a you know a quote unquote run at that. It, it makes me feel sad, and it makes me not believe that they're actually, you know, going after a national championship at this point. It just seems kind of like that we hinted at earlier that they're content with showing face and showing face is enough for them because uh, they could still make the revenue that they want, still make it look like, you know, they're one of the nation's premier programs, but really it, they haven't been. And when you do something like this, you're not going to get into that exclusive club of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, like we've seen over the past, you know, decade or two. Yeah, and uh, you know, 
fair point that Derek brings up about what we were just talking about, but it kind of ties into this. You can't compete with, you know, Bama in NIL, so you have to get the best coaches to develop, scheme, and recruit, and that's an absolutely fair point. You know, like you you have to make sure that you're if you're not going to spend the money on NIL, you have to make sure you're spending it in, you know, what are the what are the two most important things? Recruiting and the coaching and development. And they're already recruiting well. You've got to make sure that you're getting the guys who can develop these players when they get here. And they're showing right now that they're not willing to, to put the money there. And it's not setting a good precedent. You know, they're not sending a good message to recruits. They're not sending a good message to alumni slash donors. You know, they can still get a good coach, but who's to say the difference in the quality of the coach won't end up being the difference between Harry Heastand and Jeff Quinn. You know, like if you're going to hire a head coach, you have to give him the autonomy to pull the trigger on who he wants on his staff. You can't nickel and dime him on what it takes to get it done. So it's just, you know, again, it is not a good message that they're setting and not, not a good precedent that they're setting. And it makes me much more pessimistic. I think it is the word that John used. And I would agree with that much more pessimistic about their actual ability and even want to, to compete for a national championship. I have no doubt that the players and coaches want to, but the people up above them who are writing and signing the checks it really calls into question what their actual goal is in all this. Yeah, I think Anthony brings up a good point, too. Like, you're failing just an overall good character, good person, head coach. You know, that this isn't – I think Notre Dame should be fortunate in the fact that they have the opportunity to, you know, potentially help the development and grooming of Marcus Freeman as a head coach. And it could be what, you know, what what is seen as a, a big wasted opportunity if you continuously fail your head coach and not give him the resources that he's asking for. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And Evan just said, this is the same, (laughs) the same chat last year. Freeman was saying, wasn't it couldn't coach. And now he's going to go to Ohio state. You know, it's like, I, I, I don't know who exactly said that, but it, I don't know. It's (laughs) you're, you're not, Again, you're sending the wrong messages to everybody. And so if Marcus Freeman does have some success over the next couple of years and, uh, you know, another opportunity becomes available, whether it's at Ohio State or someplace in the SEC, someone's going to scoop him up and take him away. You know, it's you're you're, you're just quickening the process like it, it took Brian Kelly a little bit longer, you know, because Brian Kelly had that middle of his Notre Dame career to work through before he kind of, you know, got to more elite success but you're 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 pushing the pace you're accelerating the pace on Marcus Freeman and increasing the odds that he's going to leave for someplace better because you're telling him that that this isn't the best by not being willing to spend the money so Mike Bray said over the weekend that he compares Tommy Reese leaving Notre Dame for Alabama to young Mike Bray leaving DeMatha (laughs) High School to become an assistant coach at Duke do you buy or sell this analogy? I, I buy the analogy in itself, but the the exaggeration is what I don't buy. Like overall, the concept is there, uh, but the exaggeration, like it's one thing to go like high school to, to college is 
an upward movement, a straight upward movement. You know, a lot of no people. No matter call, what. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and the, the move with Tommy Reese had, you know, people, whether it's true or not, it's still considered by, you know, half, probably 50-50 half, on it's a lateral move. And so there's no question that Mike Bray did not make a lateral move. In this case, it is still kind of, you know, potentially in question. So, again, the concept is there. Did he potentially, you know, take a move that is going to help his career, accelerate his career? Sure, but <laughs> in start to end, it's not it's not the same. No, no. I mean, that's it's like you're comparing leaving a high school to go to Duke to leaving Notre Dame to go to Alabama. You know, like how many high school guys do you think Nick Saban has hired at <laughs> Alabama? Like any high school coach in the country would have jumped at the chance to join Mike Shashevsky's staff. And now he got that opportunity because he played for Morgan Wooten and, you know, at, at, at DeMatha High School and coached for Morgan Wooten at DeMatha High School. So he was in an elite program, but still, you're going from high school to Duke. It, you know, it, it wasn't like you were just going to Fordham or Elon or something like that. You were still going to Duke. So I, I get what he's trying to say, but it's it's quite a bit different. It's quite a bit different, you know, because it's like any college, like Lamar Community College is a step up from, from DeMatha High School. I'm sorry. Any college is going to be a step up, and it's not quite the same. It ain't even in the same ballpark. So, Jesse, do you have your whiteboard? Is there a play or two that you want to hit us with on the whiteboard today? Yeah, so there was um, a lot of stuff that – not a lot of stuff. There was stuff from the Super Bowl that I liked uh, that I thought Notre Dame could easily incorporate into their offense considering their personnel that they have. All right. So what so, have we got? Can are we up and running? I can only see one screen right now. Can everyone see the screen I'm sharing? Yes. All right. So this play, <laughs> Kansas City actually ran twice, and it, it happened to be on the touchdown to go up, uh, I believe, 28-27, and then the next one was to go up 35-27. to But essentially they ran the same play. Um, and it, uh, on the other side of it, they flipped it. And so they put these two wide receivers, uh, into the boundary. Um, and so the reason why I really like this play is because they noticed on film that when they, you know, when teams run jet motion on the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, that they pass, they pass the defenders essentially like they're, they're moving the kind of the chain of command down on who's got who when they think jet sweep is coming. So okay. I'll, I'll give that kind of prelude and then I'll go into the play here. Uh, so you have ball on the left hash. Uh, you have a, what is a 21 personnel? No, sorry. 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, two wide receivers uh, to, to the field side. And then one wide receiver into the boundary on the left hash. Um, again, the, the, this is a really short, simple play, but to me, it el illustrates the kind of genius of Andy Reid and Eric Benemy. So this wide receiver, the far side wide receiver to the field, closest to the sideline, is going to act like he comes in jet motion. And as soon as he gets to the number two wide receiver or the, 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 the wide receiver closest to the hash on the field side, he stops. And so this defensive back is, you know, telling basically essentially I'm going to take now this guy 
And then this guy is now passing along the jet man. And so he's looking now inside. Well, at the snap of the ball, this jet man stops, comes back and is wide open right here uh, for the touchdown. And again, we saw this on two of their touchdowns to take the lead and then to expand their lead into the fourth quarter. And the reason why I like this play for Notre Dame is because you can easily put someone like, I don't know, Chris Tyree out here. Um, you can put, you know, someone like Lorenzo Styles out here, speed guys who can stop on a dime and simply just cut back and yeah. you have a wide open, you know, end zone. It's, a, it's really just a simple play. Uh, but as long as you execute it, it works. And again, the reason why this works is they knew that the Eagles, th this is how you break someone's scheme or you break someone's rules is, you know, for per their defense, they're going to follow, you know, certain rules or cues. And so they broke that rule by, you know, on the snap of the ball, they're showing jet motion and then they stop and come back and it's a wide open touchdown. Yeah. Andy Reid in that second half, especially, they did so much to scheme guys open. Like every time they needed a big throw, there was somebody open. And guess what? It wasn't Travis Kelsey. <laughs> you know, if it, like they're finding all these different guys and getting them open. It was it was really amazing. And, you know, like we were talking about the pass interference call yesterday. Like, think about it. Think about the previous touchdowns. Like anytime the Chiefs wanted, they had guys wide open downfield. You know, it, it, should we be shocked that Bradbury had to hold on to Smith-Schuster to keep him from, you know, just running open on that play? I don't know. Do you have anything else, Jess? Yeah, I, I so can you see, does it look like a new play came up, first of all? Or is it still the same screen? Same formation, anyway. Okay, let me... You took away a few of the lines that you drew. Give me one second. Let me... I need to reshare um, another screen. Ah, this is the one I want. So this... Do you see a new screen now? Hold on. <laughs> now we're in there. Awesome. So a, a big reason why I think the Kansas City Chiefs had success in this game and an under reason, underrated reason why they had success is they actually ran the ball very efficiently and I think had over 100 total team yards when it came to the rushing game. And, you know, that's that's important against this Eagles defense, especially when you're trying to out-scheme someone like we were just talking about. So this play was a third and one at the 40, around the 40, basically right around midfield. Um, a big, you know, first down that Kansas City needed to get. I believe this is the same drive in which they went down and took the lead and made it 28 to 27. But again, this is a big play. Third and one. Patrick Mahomes is under center. Uh, you have ball on the right hash. You have a tight end to the field side. You have one rod receiver to the field side. And then you have, uh, sorry, you have one full, one tight end and one wide receiver to the boundary side. And then you have one wide receiver to the left side of the field, which is the you know the play side of the field, the bigger side of the field. And then you have two running backs with their hands in the dirt uh, behind Mahomes in a typical kind of, you know, wishbone kind of look. Um, you have Sky Moore, I believe. Classic. This no. is this is like classic pro-style two-back offense. Like Correct. This, is, this is what was being run, you know, by, by the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, like Zone 6 is saying this is a Bill Walsh playbook, you know, back to the to the Roger Craig, you know, the Tom Rathman days, I'm sure, you know, they were probably doing stuff like this, but go ahead. So, yeah, this play again was just another great game of the great scheme 
and uh, just a, a big moment in the game and allowed them to kind of uh, run the ball. You couldn't be one dimensional in this game if you want to, you know, beat the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles defense. And so on the snap of the ball, both guards pull to the play side field, uh, have them leading up. And then you have your field side running back also coming over here to seal the edge. Um, and then the, the the safety or sorry, the running back to the boundary essentially just runs straight lateral, takes a handoff. And I mean, it's it's off to the races. And the only guy that he has to beat is the safety because these guys, your two pulling guards and your lead running back have now sealed everything off. Like this linebacker comes here. This linebacker is trying to overflow. I don't know what this in guy was doing, but he just ran into the left tackle trying to tack, you know, block this this defensive lineman. But essentially, everything is sealed off now. You have all you have a, a three man, you know, convoy going up the field, and all Pacheco has to do is get one yard and beat the safety. He he picks yep. up around fifteen to twenty yards. The safety hits him, you know, over here on the sideline. But it's a big third and one. You get into Philadelphia Eagles territory, um, and for those that were hypothesizing about this play, this is actually Vince Lombardi's power sweep um to the field side here and so both guards again are pulling out um and I, I like this play a lot because you know Notre Dame has the personnel to make this type of play happen they have a good offensive line they have guards that can get out into space and pull and then they have the best running back you know group in the room who wants you, you put Audric Estime here as your lead man in a short down situation you don't know if Estime just takes it on a straight dive you don't know if he takes it on a veer Instead, he can get out and block. You give the ball to maybe Logan Diggs or Tyree when you're kind of faster guys, and you let them work outside to the perimeter, and it's an easy one yard in my opinion. Yeah. Don't forget about Jadarian Price because he's going to be in the mix next year as well, even more running backs. So it's a thing of beauty when you've got those kind of running backs to do that kind of stuff. And don't forget, Dela McCullough came out of that Chiefs system. You know, he knows – what it's all about. I, I I would like to see him get maybe a little more input in some of that because I think that there's some stuff that he could draw up and and design and incorporate in that offense. Good stuff, Jesse. You know, I know you made at least a couple of guys happy by uh, by bringing the whiteboard tonight. <laughs> I just thought those were really nifty plays. And again, the Chiefs executed that first play twice and got two touchdowns out of it. A simple just shotgun look. You know, bringing a guy with what looks like in a jet motion. Stops at a dime and he just flares out and catches the ball. It's really, again, a simplistic route, but it, they knew it would work because it was on tape. It broke all the rules of the Eagles' defense. Yep, yep, great stuff. Fill in the blank. Speaking of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Seven will be remembered for blank. Uh, unfortunately, Super Bowl Fifty Fifty Seven will be remembered by the 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 holding penalty or the the penalty that shouldn't have been called holding. I think. Unfortunately, that's what everyone gets caught up is the one big play in close games that drastically can have an impact on the game. And I'm just going to say this, you know, I know a lot of teams called for or a lot of people called for it, it as a relatively, you know, not penalized game or you can't call that penalty in that situation. Listen, a penalty is a penalty no matter the situation. The player came out after the game and said that he grabbed a hold of the jersey. I took, you know, I, I know Greg Olson was really hard on the referees for making this call. And I texted you in the moment. If Greg Olson is running that route <laughs> in that situation with the Super Bowl on the line, he's 100% calling for the penalty. You know, it's it's a penalty, but people take issue with penalties called 
and high leverage situations. Well, yeah. don't commit the penalty in the high leverage situation. And on the flip side of the coin, I know as a, if the Cowboys were in that situation, I would be mad as a fan. And so it's hard for me because I know that I would have been furious in that moment as a fan if that happened to me in the Super Bowl with the game on the line. So it's hard to time, ride the horse, but it's a penalty at the end of the day. Right. And at the same time, every fan of every team, if your team is on offense, wants that call made and you're complaining if it's not made. You know? Right. So that's just yeah, that's that's just the way that it goes. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think, you know, it's going to be remembered for the short term, but, you know, Mike Greenberg caught up in the moment, you know, the immediacy, the moment and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that ultimately, like even just a year from now and, and especially a year from now and on down the road, that call is going to be forgotten. And this game is going to be more remembered for it is Patrick Mahomes second Super Bowl win. And it is also Andy Reid's second Super Bowl win. And as both quarterbacks and coaches you separate yourselves when you pick up that, you know, the multiple, you, when you pick up the second one, you know, like Bill Belichick's is forgotten now because he went on to win six, but for most coaches and quarterbacks, just getting to two is a big thing. Like Drew B, Drew, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, go down the list of one-time winners. There's a big difference when you go from one to two and ultimately you know, especially if Patrick Mahomes, for whatever reason, doesn't end up getting more. And there's no guarantee that he will because, you know, look at the AFC and how tough it is in, in the AFC with the different quarterbacks and teams that you've got in there right now. Joe Burrow almost got himself back to a second Super Bowl. That was really close at the end. Josh Allen still trying to get there. So to me, I think this ends up being remembered as Patrick Mahomes and or Andy Reid's second Super Bowl championship, I think that that will be the ultimate legacy, you know, a year and more down the road. It, it, it might take a little bit of getting over, but eventually, like, plays like this end up being, you know, kind of end up being uh, forgotten when it comes to legacies and, and all that kind of stuff, because that's what Super Bowls end up being is, is the legacy builders, especially for quarterbacks. Yeah, and on the flip side, I think this could be, you know, that moment where Jalen Hurts was just right there, and then he could potentially, you know, break out and go get that Super Bowl. Because, you know, to as much as it pains me to say, I thought he was the MVP of that game. But unfortunately, you can't give the MVP to the team that loses. But without Jalen Hurts, 
I mean, the Eagles have a, a much tougher situation in my eyes. Only once, only once can you give the MVP of a Super Bowl to the to a guy in the team who loses. That is Chuck Halley, number 54, who was just uh, elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. <laughs> Caught a boo with, with, uh, on the field when being inducted by a lot of the Eagles fans. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm glad. I mean, that's that's like that's got to make him feel proud more than anything. That Eagles fans. <laughs> that was the reassuring him. moment. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I agree with you know. I agree with what you were just saying, Jess and Jason saying it as well. Hertz was. He was absolutely the best player on the field that night. I actually and... saw him make throws that made me take back a lot of previous comments that I might have made about Mr. Hertz. He made some very. I he. He showed me things in the passing game that I didn't think he was capable of. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Indianapolis Colts have hired Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as their new head coach. Do you buy or sell Steichen as the guy to right the ship for the Colts? <laughs> I unfortunately sell Steichen as the guy to be the Colts because, you know, you're riding the coattails of a franchise that had a, a really good overall roster and to me, an offense that is built around a very specific type of play. You know, Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, not a that off. I don't Jalen Hurts couldn't run every system there is. The, the, the system is tailored around him and what they are trying to do in kind of the RPO right. game. And the a Colts don't have an right. RPO quarterback. They don't have yeah. AJ yeah. Brown and Devontae Smith at wide receiver. You know, their, their, their biggest thing right now is they're actually a power run game with Jonathan Taylor. And so I guess I need to see what they do in the draft, what they do in this offseason to potentially build around this kind of system that, that he ran with the Eagles. But on a very kind of early stage, I just don't see it being a fit unless they give him the pieces to kind of build the, a, a similar type of offense that he did with Philadelphia. Yeah, and – I buy that he was the better decision than Jeff Saturday. Let's, you know, like, I do agree with that. I don't know how much that's saying, but I will at least give him that, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of surprised Jim Ursay did this now, granted it's a different head coach that you've got with the Eagles. Now Peterson was the head coach before when Frank Reich came there, but you know, they've gone this route when they went with Frank Reich before as the head coach. And of course he was the second choice behind Josh McDaniels. Um, I'm, but I'm kind of surprised that they've gone the coordinator route in this whole thing and that, that they didn't find someone maybe with more head coaching experience, you know, any head coaching experience, you know, really to do this. I mean, Steichen seems impressive, but it's the press conference. Like they say, it doesn't matter if you win the press conference. Look at Nick Sirianni. He came off as a total rube in the press conference and look at where he is now. What, three years later, he's he's in the freaking Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't know. Like, he he seems he seems like, a, you know, a really sharp football mind, but all these guys are supposed to be sharp football minds. I'm just surprised that with where the Colts organization has gone in the last few years that they didn't prioritize head coaching experience more in this whole thing to have someone who's led a program before, who's led an organization before to get back through this. So, you know, that's 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 my only shock. And, and I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, is that the system that Shane Steichen is going to bring to Indianapolis? 
if he is and they find their guy, whether it's Bryce Young or whoever it happens to be, you know, or CJ Strutt, whatever that they, they want to do, okay, great. But like you said, it's a very specific system that they have in Philadelphia that is built around a very specific quarterback that they've got in Jalen Hurts. So replicating that, I think, is going to be really tough if that's the plan in Indianapolis now. Same. I, I just think that you introduce kind of more questions than answers with this hire overall it is, I think, the best way to put it. Right. All right. Well, Jess, you and Naomi have a very good Valentine's Day. I wish Henry a good Valentine's Day. <laughs> he got a, a, a cleaning today. and a grooming today. So that was his Valentine's Day gift. And, and maybe, right. you know, a little piece of some leftover steak will be on awesome. his plate. <laughs> awesome. Everybody else. You have a great Valentine's Day as well. Smash the like button on your way out. We appreciate it. It helps out the Irish Breakdown platform. Subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a comment as well on your podcast platforms. And we will talk to you manana for Mailbag, Midweek Mailbag Wednesday. We'll do that tomorrow. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.